0: Welcome to the Game & Gadget Podcast. James Woodcock from Pixel Refresh, your host of the Game & Gadget podcast, and as always, or at least pretty much every Game & Gadget podcast we've done and are about to do, I have my co-host Tony Weiner, founder of Revolution Software, writer of the history of Revolution Software. I think that's an apt title for now, maybe, Tony. (laughs) We can talk about that a little later. Thank you for joining me yet again. It's nice to be here, James. So, I thought we'd start with a joke. A joke? A joke. Yes, this is risky business, this is. not knock. He's there? The Nest doorbell battery version, which I have just purchased. Uh Aha. Does it work? It does. It does. I will quickly screen share, just so we're all on the same page, as it were. So, I've been thinking about getting a doorbell for quite some time. As in a smart doorbell. Mm. So, of course, the house had a classic doorbell, which was nothing more than a button on the door that had a wireless trigger. So there was a unit plugged into a socket to draw power, and the little bell unit was in there. But I think it was getting on in life. And when one of the neighbours were ringing a doorbell, ours went as well. So I thought, okay, <laughs> it must be a frequency thing. So I changed the frequency, and it was still happening. And I even know which neighbour it was to sort of compare. And then it was ringing all by itself. Then it wasn't ringing at all. It had a really weird battery that was incredibly small. It was like AAA, but even smaller. <laughs> I think and I know it was the just, one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was it was just old oh, turning. It was it was ready for an update. It was yearning for a change. And of course, someone who's into technology, I thought, I've got to get a Google smart one. Mm. And the reason I went with Google over someone like Amazon, and there's certainly plenty of options out there, but I think Amazon's its probable uh, main rival. I don't have that many Amazon things. I went the Google route. So I did try Amazon years ago, and it was okay, but I was. Found that the Google One just worked better for me and for what I used. So once you're in that ecosystem, you kind of have to carry on with it. I suppose so. So I ended up getting the Nest Doorbell. Mm. And the reason I went for this one is because it's the battery edition. This one came out, I think, just a week ago. I got it on the day of its release. And... What drew me to it was it was the fact it was a battery edition. I couldn't have it wired up. It was too much for installation costs and mess. Yeah, that sounds hard, doesn't it? It does. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, if they ever do a battery version, as long as the battery life is of a decent length, then maybe that's the time. Yeah. And this one purports to be about two months on battery. Two months? It's not...
1: It's, yeah, I mean, that's like the least it could be, yeah.
0: It's it's still not a lot, however, it's just enough to wet my whistle. So you can still plug it into like a a main wide system. But like I say, I don't want to go through all that extra expense, all that mess, holes in the walls and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, drilling and wires and... Yeah, it's not great. So this battery one, even at two months, and at the minute it's purporting four weeks charge remaining after just a week (laughs) so if it gets to two months i will be impressed but i had to do some (laughs) configuration i'll go into a minute
1: is it press related like if you have lots of visitors then it's you know it's like you're pushing your luck and the battery's used
0: so this is the intriguing thing so i thought with it being a battery version it would therefore only do any fancy recording once the button was pressed but it actually works by the sensor so even if you walk up to the door it will turn itself on it gives a visual indicator to everybody likes someone has approached the door so they see that a camera has engaged even before they press the button so that's got to be a, quite a good deterrent as well yeah and uh, so, and that's recording to the cloud which is quite handy Yeah, yeah so it's not constant recording so the previous one Google did where it was well, it had to be wired in. It would be continuously recording. You could have up to thirty days stored. With I think it was four to five pounds a month.
1: Yeah, we we have that. We've got two two internal nests here. No, oh, there there's we go. One, then. There's one. If I can do it, there's one above there, and there's one on that next to those next to the telly there, facing up the corridor. And it's a mixed a mixed. We've mixed results. It has to be said, but I'm paying I'm paying the four quid a month to have it recorded. Certainly.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, I'd only dip my toe into it, so I got the the large Nest display, which is nothing more than a fancy photo slideshow. It just happens to be voice-controlled as well, where you can say, turn on the lights and all the rest of it. Right, yeah. I've got Philips Hue as well. Um, But for the doorbell itself, it seems to work absolutely fine. And the reason it was running out of battery so quick and it said I only had a few weeks left of charge was because it was literally the main road... Isn't that far from the door? Oh, okay. So every child that walked past, every dog, every car—it <laughs> was triggering, lighting up, recording it, and then shutting down. <laughs> so it had probably lasted a week on a single charge <laughs> if I'd left it as it was. So luckily, you can set a zone to say, "Right, I just want to record anything that sort of comes into this area." Oh, of course, okay. I've selected the front garden. And now it's going up in how long it says it'll be able to stay on this charge so hopefully i'll get a month and a half minimum out of it in the end well you would hope so wouldn't you yeah indeed indeed but the odd thing was um so it i think on the older one it was more of a widescreen kind of video aspect ratio so it's sort mm. of quite a width of the garden This one concentrates more on the vertical. So the idea is if someone's carrying something or there's more children walking up to the door, you know, if someone visits with a dog or maybe a cat even, then you can see them because you've got that vertical instead of the wide. And you don't lose too much information from the sides, and I don't have a big front garden, so it's still as secure anyway. But the actual intelligent features are if they press the doorbell, Not only has it been previously recording anyway, because it sensed them, but it rings the phone app, Mm. the Nest display, then turns on with the video footage, which is quite nice. Right. And you can respond and speak to them, either from the phone or from the Nest display. Right. So conceivably, I could be in another country... Yeah, yeah. ...and answer the door. At least by voice and saying, oh, could you leave the parcel with the neighbour, please, or... Sorry, yeah. not today, I do not want your super rates for electricity today, or whatever, double glazing, conservatories, you know, all the people that would normally come to your front door, we'd want to say, not today, thank you. You have mm. that without even going to the door, you could do it all from the comfort of your chair. Yeah, if it works. And it, and it does, and it does. does. It? And the reason I know it works is because, unfortunately, in the last couple of weeks, uh, I somehow managed to pick up COVID. You did. I did. Yes. No way. So, yes, way. So, um reason I didn't tell you sooner, Tony, because I wanted the live reaction on the show. Um, but the yeah, hell? it's oh. been even though I've been double jabbed, the uh, symptoms were certainly flu-like, shall we say, and headaches and coughing, slimy, tiredness. Oh my! Yeah. Bless us. Got out of it with just losing a taste for a bit. Yeah. But I got it pretty full on symptom wise. So if I hadn't have had two jabs, I'd try to think how bad I would have been, so thankfully I did get that. But certainly for answering the door and not wanting to go anywhere near a person, because legally you're not supposed to be anywhere near you're supposed to be self isolating. Yeah, yeah. It came quite in handy. Yeah. And big result bit, then. Yeah, exactly. The timing is everything. <laughs> <laughs> So, we were getting a bit low on food one night, and my wife fancied takeaway. So, I thought, great, we'll have takeaway delivered. We'll test out this doorbell. Because, by the way, the day the doorbell arrived, three people had knocked at the door, and the third time was with the doorbell. Once I installed it, no one knocked on the door.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: It was like everyone decided, we don't need to knock on their door. That's it. Just walk past. Post straight for the letterbox, no deliveries. I wasn't able to test the thing. So I thought, okay, if we're going to take away, not anybody will get some nice food tonight. They've got to press the doorbell. Gonna, someone's <laughs> gonna, exactly, someone's going to test the doorbell. So about fifty minutes after ordering, this nice person came to the doorbell, pressed the doorbell. I said, thank you very much. If you could leave it at the door, that'd be fantastic. They trundle off to the car drive off bring the food in open it up and within a few minutes realized this is not our order <laughs> <laughs> and of course i know i've got covid my wife's got covid and we've just been touching all these bags and stuff so i thought well i, I can't even give it back to him can't and give it back behold, to him? two minutes later the doorbell went went on again well, that's good. It is. I got fully tested that day. So I answered the door again, and I said, did you pass us the wrong food perchance?" chance? <laughs> and he says, yes, sorry. So I said, well, I can't give you the other food back because we've got COVID. <laughs> and then he said something inaudible. So I went to the door, but he was luckily he was already standing at the bottom of the garden. He'd left our actual food by the door, and he said... Can I have the other food back? I said, well, no, we're self and I can't do that. He says, well, don't worry. Pass it to me. I just need to show the people their food and then I'll chuck it away. I said, no, that's completely irresponsible. I can't do that. I'm self-isolating. If I pass you this back now, I'm potentially passing on COVID. So after that discussion, um, he went. And we had two lots of food <laughs> to what we originally ordered. So we had a good few days' worth of food. That was nice at takeaway. It turned out to be the bargain of the century when it comes to takeaway food, which yeah, isn't who, particularly who was best,
1: Your original order or the or the uh, the COVID special?
0: Oh, definitely the original. Well, the order remade was definitely the best. Um, Fair it enough. had mayonnaise on chips or something. It was a bit weird. But still, it was an extra meal we weren't expecting. But that isn't the end of it, Tony, because what I didn't realise, there was more to this conversation than I realised. So me being those, I thought, well, oh, I'll just see why it's recorded, what the quality, the video and the audio quality was like. And I could literally, literally listen back to the whole conversation, including to when I was answering remotely through the phone. And what I didn't realise is the second time they came back, um, they rang the doorbell and there was a pause for a few seconds, and then he let out the F-bomb really loud. So that was in the recording. So my very first visitor to my doorbell dropped an F-bomb. <laughs> and now you know about it. And now I know about it. Cause I Maybe didn't everybody know t- does that. Yeah, so it, in modern times, folks, if you're going to ring the doorbell, or even get close to it, and you see it light up, you are being recorded. So if you're going to see friends and family and you're going to talk about them, don't do it. Of course. At least unless, if you're going to talk about a surprise like an upcoming party or you're going to say, I can't stand visiting Uncle Phil while we're here, don't do it. Because the chances are these days you are being recorded.
1: Because usually, and well, not usually, but I mean, it, it has been known that you, you know you visit someone and and like you make a last minute a last minute promise on the doorstep, like you say something along the line, you know, or oh, we'll stay for an hour, then we'll we'll find a way to off, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We'll make our excuses and get out of it real quick, and all that will be recorded.
0: Exactly. I, mm-hmm. That's why I do miss having a dog, because the running line was, oh, the dog will be cross-legged. We'd have to get back now. Sorry. <laughs> But then we got rid of all the pads, and it's like, well, what do we say now? <laughs> We've lost our excuse. Mm. Um, so yeah, generally, I'm really happy with it. I've not had any problems mm. like technical failures, or it not ringing, or it not recording. And um, mm. the pretty nifty feature is you can it can actually identify people. You can train it to say, this is my wife, this is the postman, this is the regular Amazon delivery guy, whatever. So when they press the doorbell, it actually announce, your wife is at the door.
1: You should give her a key, really, you know.
0: I, sh- I should, but, you know, I wanted to ring the doorbell. <laughs> <laughs> You're taking it away. <laughs> <laughs> no, she has her own key. Just for anyone concerned, she definitely has her own key. But <laughs> still, um, so yeah, it, it works great. I and, mean, not that uh, sounds... It's nice knowing I've got that extra bit of security at the front of the house.
1: I mean, the interesting thing about that is you've got you've got face recognition and stuff in your in your doorbell. But I mean, we've got Nest cams that are now you know I think they were like one of them was bought when it was Nest, and one of them, the second one was bought probably after it got sold to Google. But you know, it's all part of Google. It, it, you set it up through the the hideously complicated Google system. Um, but it's 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 not giving us clever stuff like that, and it, and it's it's pretty. it's it's pretty hopeless I would say because it's giving us alerts like it's saying we've seen someone at the door like or or we've seen somewhere in room one like in the corridor and like you read this and you go and you go someone like someone means person that means we're being burgled at this very minute so you know you're like scrambling to get the live feed and it's really slow and it, it, it 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 doesn't work very well it's 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 one of the worst this is why I'm surprised your, your your doorbell thing pops up straight away because it's really slow to get into the live feed of the of the Nest Cams. And it's all the same thing, isn't it, I think? Um, and you get there and it's like there's no one there at all. And, like, the cat's walking around. And it thinks the cat... I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we might call a cat a someone, but Google shouldn't. Google should... You know, they've got this great AI they're always telling us about, but they can't tell the difference between a person and a cat. That, that that seems a bit weak to me so it, it, you know that took us a while and then it, it it's got this thing whereby it's 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 got auto auto away or something it's called so it's like both we, we you know we both we both link our phones into this thing and then if both phones are off the Wi-Fi it knows that we're both out and it it starts filming constantly rather than having a having a sensor or something like that. But it, it it always stops working, and it and it stops working now. So one of us goes out, and, and it, it goes, seen someone, seen someone. It's like yeah, yeah, that will be the one of us that's still at the house, <laughs> you know. So to me, I mean, it, it does work. I mean, it fulfills. It's like if we got burgled, we really would have a, a nice bit of film of whoever it was. But but there's a ton of aggravations around it, you know. So I'm kind of thinking, should I just swap the whole thing out and and put put something on the Apple system, you know? But I, I haven't. I haven't looked into it, so I haven't done it yet. It's kind of not bad enough to warrant that, you know.
0: Yeah, I have to say, given Google's experience, their home app by trying to just throw everything in there is just awful. I mean, it it's, is it's, a horrible it's app. usable, and you can get there, but I'd imagine if it had its own app, it'd just be there straight away to select whatever you need instead of having to dig, go into your devices. Well, back in device the device Nest- from your long list of devices. Select the device. Yeah. Wait for it to load up, and it's it's three or four clicks before you even get to the bit you want.
1: Back in the Nest days, it was uh, it was a much simpler app. You know, it was much cleaner, and then it then it got sort of sucked into whatever they call it. Is it Google Google Home? Do they call it something like that? Yeah, yeah. So I'm surprised yours is responsive actually, because the way this works, that you could never run a doorbell off this. It's it just takes too long to bring the live feed up. You know
0: there 's a short delay, but you 'd have to be mm. probably like your same bolt going to the front door to avoid being captured on it mm. but there's, There is a little delay, but there 's nothing mm. like serious you 'd miss anything mm. but i I feel your pain because the the nest display the bigger one, had a camera on it because i don 't think it was ever designed to be in a bedroom like the smaller ones. So you could use that potentially to be, like you say, it goes by your phone if you've left the house. It then is activated and it will sense things and it will let you know if it's a person or this it's heard a dog barking for some reason. (laughs) I guess that's a useful metric if you're being burgled, if the dog is barking, but it may not be your dog. It may pick up a (laughs) neighbour's dog or a dog walking past, but still, it's got this facility. But the thing that kept going off on mine, mine... I've got kind of a living room, and then there's a a dining room at the other end, and then a nice double door to go out into the back garden. But the trouble is, every time there was a big change in light from that back door, even though it's quite a way away, it would trigger it and say there was motion. Yeah. So when I first got it, I was like so nervous because I was getting all these notifications. Mm. Mm, there's motion activity in your living room. What? There shouldn't be. <laughs> but it was we, just we
1: yeah, ours was doing that as well but that stopped actually it doesn't do that anymore because the clouds you know the, the, we're on a road and the, and the, at night you get the you get the, the car lights flashing across the top of the ceiling and you, you the, 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 the sun as well as you say the clouds if it suddenly got if, if a dark cloud went over the sun then it would come dark and light real quick you know how you see that sometimes and yeah that would trigger it but that's that's gone away that's that they seem to have fixed that one. I haven't tried it for a while. I'll have to risk turning yeah. it on. So you do you not have any other cameras in the house?
0: Uh, I have one inside, one at the front door bell, and I've got one pointing out the back. But that's right. not part of Google. I've actually got that on a Raspberry Pi. There's a nice bit of software called MotionEye. And you just install that, connect it to like a USB camera. So I've just like, blue-tacked that literally to the inside of a window, and it just points to the back garden. So kind of got all the house covered in one respect and that'll even save those recordings to google drive so it hasn't got the smart features but i can still set zones i can still say how much i want to record and it's got vision so as well
1: you're you're an android person right
0: i am an android person I wasn't always but i have been in the last few years or so
1: and see so you've missed out then on the joy that is uh, apple tags now those things you know those little things that came out
0: recently Yes, are you using joy is sarcastic or is joy, these are actual immense satisfaction? Yeah, no, we're, talk, I mean, we're talking about Apple World now. Everything's great. I mean, uh,
1: <laughs> for those who are listening to this, I've just pulled a Facebook. Carry on. To uh, it. Yeah, everything works really well. So uh, that, that was more sarcasm. But uh, the, uh, the tag things, though, it's like, uh, you know, we, everyone bought one when they came out everyone and you could first thought i mean literally everyone i know who's in the apple ecosystem bought one of these things just to see if it actually worked you know and uh, it's pretty good actually i mean it's a tiny little thing the battery lasts a year or so you you click it near your phone and it goes oh this is i mean hi there you know i'm a new tag i'm yours what do you want to call me and you know set, set me somewhere and i'll do what I'm supposed to do, and it really does. And you've got you click you, you a little app. You got the whole Find Me thing in the Apple world, so it tells you where your phone is and and uh, your computer and your iPads. All your devices are on are on Find Me if you if you set it as such. So if someone steals them or you forget where they are or lose them, or you can always track them down, you know. So and the and the tags just appear as extra things in, in Find Me. So uh, I stuck. I thought I'd stick one. I stick one in the car. Are you were going to I mean, say the
0: cat? But go on.
1: Well, it, yeah. I mean, I would do if the cat had a collar, it would definitely have an Apple tag on it. But it doesn't. It doesn't leave the house, so it's probably uh, it's Probably a <laughs> bit of overkill there. But um, <laughs> I stuck one in the car. Uh, so if you, if you, on the, I mean, I've never actually lost my car, but if someone stole it, then I would I would be able to track it and stuff. So that would be fun. Uh, so anyway, every every morning I, I check if my car has been stolen and. and disappointingly it's always still there how (laughs) awful (laughs) yeah always there parked but it's what's what's amazing is that uh, the way it works you know as you will probably know i mean anyone who walks walks past it within a certain distance with an apple phone basically it it reaches it says hi hi there and, and and apple passes the it passes it up to the network and gets log get, gets logged you know so if i mean if you're in the if you're in the wilderness somewhere then presumably it wouldn't work because there'd be no one passing with an apple phone but it, it's surprising how how firstly how far it must work it must work like 30 meters or so right through the building i think like, if you went around the other side of the building, walked past, you know, the one that sat in my car would would, would talk to an iPhone half a street away, you know, through a building. Um, uh, and, uh, you, you know, so you can check it any time of night and day, and it's always been seen, you know, ten minutes ago... Twenty minutes ago, thirty seconds ago—it's always—and we're and we're off the road, you know. It's it's a it's it's a it's a courtyard where no one goes who, except people who are coming going from the building, and, and it's not a big building, so it's so it, it's surprising just just how alive it is, you know. It's
0: really good. Yeah, that does sound impressive. I mean, Bluetooth trackers have been around for quite a number of years now, with a limited success, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, they say they've got up to ten meters and et cetera, et cetera, but the reliability of actually being able to get that is touch and go at best.
1: Yeah, I mean, but- Tile, Tile did a, famously did a big Kickstarter, didn't they, and, and built quite a big business. And, and I imagine they're suffering a little bit now because what, what I mean, the way that Apple's system works is, you know, it's 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 integrated into the operating system into iOS and and, and macOS pretty pretty tightly, so. It, it's very seamless you know the way it works um so yeah i mean as soon as we as soon as we go and travel again through like through an airport it's going to be get another three of these and put them in all our bags and stuff like that because uh, i mean they're so small no one would find them but you, you could hide them quite easily and you, you could sit there and you, you know when you're waiting for your bag to come through the conveyor thing your luggage like you wouldn't have to worry about that because you could just go oh yeah i know where it is it's 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 just around the corner it's coming you know
0: that is it's, awesome. It's find right. that moment
1: yeah, of my life like,
0: very stressful.
1: <laughs> you know, when you're last, like your bag is last, and like people are starting to go and there's less bags. There's, there's like there's like a broken push chair and like nothing else is left on the convey. You know, and like eventually, uh oh, is my bag? they they've in fact they found it and stuck it on. You know, and it's like twenty minutes of, of deep pain waiting for, for someone to come and tell you it's it's actually in. I don't know. Or somebody or walked off with it, <laughs> or someone's just stolen it. Yeah. But anyway, you, with these things, it, that that will all go
0: away, and you can you just just stick a tag on every bag. That does sound very awesome. And I know it's Samsung's got some more advanced tags now. More Maybe advanced than you. Those. Yeah. One day. <laughs> yeah. All these technology investments, it certainly adds up.
1: Uh, they do add up, don't they? But this is part of being an Apple. an Apple. You know, basically you, you just work to give them all your money and buy
0: buy the latest stuff. Yeah, I'm afraid when I got to iPhone 6S I'd got a bit disenchanted with the Apple ecosystem. So I got out while I could, knowing if I stuck around for too much longer it would be far harder to leave. Mm. I always tried to remain certainly a little bit agnostic in the sense of I didn't just use Apple, I used Google, where possible. I mean, at that time, I was actually writing articles for all three platforms. Three platforms, iOS, Android, and Windows Phone. Which, by the way, had a beautiful operating system. It's a shame they didn't actually get the apps to go along with it, but the operating system itself was very nice, and the Nokia phones were really nice.
1: Well, they they, they really could... uh, I mean, then they could write... um business school um, lectures on on how to screw something up couldn't they with, with, with Windows firm because you say it was it was pretty decent and it would have been nice to have a third entry in that in that whole area now, I, mean, I mean the way I see it was that they they I mean they had some money they had billions and billions of dollars and they said let's the solution to our all our problems is to buy Nokia um, for whatever it was, was it was it ten billion? Was it fifty billion? I, I mean, it would have been billions, right? Because I mean, Nokia might have been in trouble or something, but I mean, it would have been billions of dollars. Yeah. But they didn't. They, they should have got those billions of dollars and given them to people like me, and and we would have written games for the for the platform, and everybody else would have written their 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 apps and their, and their games and their applications, and, and, uh, and there would have been a rush of software. And all the developers would have bought the machines. They would have started using them. Um, they would have started talking about them because they were nice machines. And they would have been the software. I mean, get those billions they spent on Nokia and give it give it to developers, and it would have solved the problem. I mean, maybe I'm being simplistic about it, but usually platforms fail because there's not the software. Yeah, and the, and they could have spent their way out of it. I mean. Th- why did they need to buy a phone manufacturer to to make slightly better phones or or something? You know, and brand the phones differently somehow. That'll solve all the problems. It's it's unlikely, isn't it? I've, and and, going and from history, memory. Here. history showed it. Yeah, I mean that, that's how
0: I read it. Maybe it's more maybe maybe it's more nuanced than that. But it, I mean, it certainly looked that way to me. Yeah, I, I think the number of phone manufacturers behind Windows Phone at that time was dwindling. And if they didn't sure. buy Nokia, I mean, that was their last chance. It was really on life support. So buying Nokia delayed the, probably the inevitable. But I think it, did, it didn't matter. They could have thrown money at developers. They could have brought Nokia. They could have done all of those things. But still, they were two years late to the show. Mm. And I think by that point, Google had established themselves to a certain point in the mobile phone market, and so did Apple. Apple yeah and you just have to look at all the manufacturers of old that suddenly almost disappeared overnight, Blackberry exactly Blackberry was hurt very bad. They had some good enthusiasts that kept them going for a, a few years, but at the end of the day, the physical keyboard just wasn't enough. yeah, I wonder what what's the
1: reason they they disappeared i mean they were they were very much enterprise, weren't they but
0: I mean, they were good quality little things. I mean, they were quite nice, weren't they? Um. I think Apple had some nice kudos. So if you're an executive, do you want to stick with BlackBerry, which you probably have for a number of years now, or do you want to try Apple with this new fandangled machine, which all the cool execs are using? Mm. And Apple just started targeting that market, and it started paying dividends.
1: And but what do you probably- think
0: that Steve Jobs was originally against having apps? <laughs> and an app store. I mean, that's just bonkers if you think about it now.
1: Yes, I mean, in a way, everyone everyone misread it. But you know, Apple were smart enough, I guess, to to understand that the the the, the apps were what was really going to do it. I mean, the, the, I mean, as soon as it was opened up, it was uh, it was it just went crazy, didn't it? I mean, it's just been stratus, stratospheric ever
0: stratospheric,
1: yes. stratospheric ever since. You know. I mean I remember uh, I've been thinking about this recently it was like when would it have been 2008 probably something like that and I read an article and it was by it was by I think the 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 people that did some game tap tap something or another or, or something and he, he and this guy was saying he was on an aeroplane and like he saw eight people he walked you know and you walk you walk up the length of the airplane and, and you and you look at all the people what they're doing and he saw like like 12 people with an iphone and he kind of got back to and said look this is going to be huge because everyone on the airplane had an iPhone and it's it, they're all they're all running different apps. It's going to be massive. You know we need to pivot all our stuff onto onto iPhone, and I kind of and I, I re the this story around revolution and said we should be thinking about this. You know it's going to be it's going to be the next big platform, and people were going yeah, let's see. I'm not sure. And uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's laughable now, isn't it? Because uh, I mean, I mean, it's just, uh, it's just huge and and changed the world completely. And course, I mean, Android itself was something very different, wasn't it? Until you know, prior to 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 the iPhone, and I think it just completely pivoted. And I mean, I would say it's kind of a it, it, not a clone, but it's you know, you see, you look at an Android phone and you see you see iOS in it because it's. It's, it's an alternative iOS in, in a way, isn't it? And iOS came first, so I mean that's is a fair conclusion.
0: Absolutely. Um, in fact, Android got into a lot. Well, it was Samsung that got into a lot of trouble for making their icons look very iOS-like in the courts. I remember when it all started.
1: Well, that's just what Samsung do, isn't it? I mean, they 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 for some reason. I mean, they've got the tech I and mean, they even build the iPhones, don't they? Half the time, but yeah, they, the dis- they seem a to lot lack
0: the displays. <laughs>
1: They lack they just lack confidence in their own their own ability, it seems to me. I mean they could they could they could be slightly more unique, you know, but they've always Yeah, yeah.
0: So I've just flashed my S twenty one Ultra. Take, which
1: <laughs> which I read very good
0: things about. No, it's a great phone. The cameras are great in particular. I mean yeah. that's uh, certainly a long conversation to have, the, the phone itself, but in a nutshell I love the 120 hertz display and the fact that I have something close to what is camera zoom. Although you fix two, one times, three times and ten times for actual proper optical zoom. And there's nothing really in between. But still having that option of going ten times zoom on something is just... I'll never ever use a standalone camera again, I don't think, Yeah.
1: No, it's it's pretty amazing what they'll do i mean I have, I have the latest iphone and i should say i used to swap until very recently i used to swap like alternate years between the latest i mean i was on pixel phones for a long time and and then they they kind of lost it a bit and samsung were the ones to get i mean i did use to swap iphone iphone android I, 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 until about three years ago when i stopped working on android for you know just for whatever reason um, like I just wasn't working on Android, so I hadn't I haven't run an Android phone since probably twenty sixteen or something. But um, I mean, as, as as user devices, they're fine. But yeah, uh, horrible to program games on. Horrible, horrible. I mean, Apple aren't much nicer, to be honest. But Apple, Android was Android's probably the hardest, fiddliest operating system I've ever ever had to write a game for.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: I would say that, yeah. Do so well, you think it's me, got better
0: more well, recently? I, I, or is it was like that just the start when you're thinking, well, it, well, how can it, yeah. we get Broken Sword onto a mobile phone? Because so I remember well, it, playing Broken Sword on a 3.5-inch screen on the iPhone. It was good for Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, the thing is, back in the day, when you were, you were kind of left to your... If you're trying to do it yourself, like, natively, if you just go, let's... Let's let's just write a game and, and and do everything ourselves and figure out how to do it. And it's actually quite difficult because, and especially if you're trying to do like a C plus plus engine so that, that it that it runs natively, instead of you know because it's normally they want you to write Java. So you have if you've got a C plus plus engine as we did, then you know the actual the way you position that c++ bit in relative to the java bits and how they all communicate and stuff i mean that's that was the and then where's the OpenGL stuff that we that we also needed that stuff was hard I and mean, that was that was really difficult on on android i mean nowadays you would just use unity or something which wraps all that stuff up for you and, and you're writing a unity game or an unreal game and or, or whatever you know um various other engines that those those pla- those things do that stuff for you so now it doesn't make quite as much difference but and, and the, only, the only things you're dealing with are, are app store related issues more than anything so it's easy, it's all easier than it used to be but back in the day you know you go back go back to I don't know, 14 15 16 blimey it was hard
0: well that <laughs> brings us nicely on to we have questions from our audience uh-huh. So, in anticipation for our next recording, uh, I created a form on the website pixelrefresh.com where people could submit questions, and we've had a couple come in. So, the first one, and I hope I've pronounced this correctly Janos has asked, Where is British game development heading in terms of existing studios, latest titles, and maybe some indie devs? So, where is British game development heading? So it seems as healthy as it's been for many years, but I guess <laughs> the number of platforms isn't getting any smaller.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't really follow the the development scene, particularly in in, in a UK type context. I mean, I think it's fairly vibrant. There's, there's plenty of people around. Um, I mean, we don't have publishers like we used to. We used to have big publishers, didn't we, back in the day. Um, you know, you remember the 8-bit days, There was like Ocean and Imagine and, and then there was, um, who was it who did Lara Croft and all those things? Core Design. Core Design. You know, those sorts of people. I mean, that's all, that's, I think that all those companies are either gone or, or or now just labels, aren't they? And uh, you know, and you go back to all the bullfrog type stuff and all the things that came from that. I mean, the developers are still there in, in small teams and stuff. Um, yeah the publishing side is gone i suppose but that's not particularly important now i think i think the uk is a great place to be a developer because we're just we're just like a very creative country aren't we so there'll, there'll always be games being written in here and it'll always be vibrant i mean i sometimes go across to the yorkshire um the yorkshire scene in in leeds where they do they have a group an uh, industry group it's just full of developers you know there's a thing called Gamma Yo, which runs in Leeds, and everyone showcases the games, or it's just a, you know it's just a booze up and, and a chat really, as much as anything. But there's a lot of people there, and it's very vibrant. And that's the that's the northern end. You know, the northern end is it was always like Sheffield, Leeds, Manchester. Uh, you know, that was always a, a lot of. If you go back throughout throughout the history of gaming. I mean, that that whole scene was always very vibrant. I mean, I mean, Grand Theft Auto is is, is is, a, is the jewel in that in that particular uh, scene at the moment? You know that that's written in Leeds. Most people would think it's written in, in some mega studio in America, but it's you know it comes from Leeds, and that's a big that's the big developer. And there's there's a lot of that, and that that is the UK. And we're always going to be good at being creative and, and making stuff, no matter no matter what crazy Brexit stuff comes along and tries to destroy the economy. We'll we'll still be creative. They, they can't take that away from us. So yeah. Games game will always make games,
0: yeah. And I guess... I'm not sure if it's the best comparison in the world, so feel free to correct me. But going back decades, the concept of someone building a game in their garage computer which is a terrible stereotype i'm guessing some developer must have admitted create one in the garage and now everyone who's done it on their own must be coding in the garage never anywhere else
1: it's too cold here to do any garage, it in your garage exactly it's more it's, a, it's exactly. a california thing wasn't it because you half the year you've got the garage door open it's probably very nice but here you've got half the half the winter's going to be freezing isn't it so yeah. but the idea
0: somewhat one individual could write a game and have it published but i suppose now the equivalent is you could write an app which just so happens to be a game and have it on a mobile phone you you could It's come i mean it's come back i think i mean for a long time that that was like
1: a bit of a joke wasn't it and you you you, you were kind of past your best if you were talking about you know you were you were from a bygone era if you were talking about writing a game on your own or or in a, in a very small group but i think that's actually come back and, and that's probably i mean I mean i'm a bit biased but i i I strongly believe that's where the creativity is in very small groups of people who who work well together and communicate well together that's that's always where great things came from and and should continue to do so and you know we complain about them but the, the unities of this world make that a little bit easier because it takes away a lot of a lot of technical requirement you don't need to get bogged down with and you just you just left to be reasonably creative you know and and, and jam out a decent game Uh, which which to me is is equivalent to the 8-bit days where you know the machines were so simple and you couldn't get bogged down with technical stuff so you were you were pretty much writing a game straight away and if you pick up unity you can be equally uh just writing a game so i mean i think yeah it's come it's come full circle and and you could even be one person. I mean, I'm, I'm writing a game at the moment. I've got someone who's going to do some artwork because you need someone to do artworks and you need someone to do audio. You might need another programmer who's going to help you with certain things, shader stuff in, in, in my case, you know. Uh, so, you know, very small, three, four people. Yeah, you could, you could do something great. I mean, you could do Broken Sword with a third of the people that we that we had probably.
0: Interesting. So, sure. our next question from Nikki asks: In terms of coding, what has been the easiest and hardest game you ever had to sort out, Tony? So, is the hardest going to be one on Android, or is there something that surpasses it?
1: Yeah, just basically everything on Android. Uh, <laughs> that's not actually true. Um, uh, when I did Android stuff, I used, uh, when I did I, when I did stuff for. Company called AI Factory, who do really great um, puzzle stuff for just just for Android, actually. So I did I did a, I had a few years working for those guys, and, and that was all Android stuff. But I used an engine called Cocos which took some of the pain away, but not all of it. <laughs> uh, Revolution? Did I do? Yeah, I didn't really touch much Android stuff at Revolution. When the game there was the game, and then there was the Androidy bit. I don't think I did the Androidy bit. Not, not all that much, but you know, the game was common. So no, no, the hardest stuff wasn't, wasn't Android at all. And in the game, the game itself is the thing. I mean, I worked, a couple of years ago, I worked on a, a, a and I'm, I'm doing a little bit on it now, actually, a game called Stranded Sales, which, which is on the Apple Arcade. And it was a PC, and it is a PC Steam game. Uh, and, and our job was to make it run on um, Apple Arcade. So, iOS and the thing was it was it was someone else's engine it was a very big and it is a very big and complicated game and we and we had to we had to basically make the UI work on touch so they they had dra- like drag and drop stuff lots of menus and things and it would be click the mouse and it would the thing would stick and then you, you know you'd like you click so you've let you've let this is very dull you you you've, you've let go of the mouse and then you're moving the thing and then you click again to drop it Well, pointing Touch is very different because you have to you touch for a certain length of time and then it kind of grabs itself. I mean, it's totally different. So we had to change the whole game to work work well on touch and deal with the fact that it was a really massive PC game where they didn't really need to worry about memory or, or processor speed, and to make it work on an Apple TV, which is yet another UI. And a very limited uh, device spec. That was really hard, actually. We only had like two months to do it, me and another guy. But that was that was phenomenally difficult. I mean, there were, there were bits in that project when I thought, "Oh, we can't do this. It's too hard." So, in living memory, that's 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 the hardest thing. But even Still Sky was very hard as well. That was very hard because we we were we were slightly out of bad depth with it it was too big a game for the amount of people we had and it was too complicated and we hadn't really designed it as such we we did our classic revolution thing which which is the reason it, the reason it's good is also the reason it's hard and it, it just flowed from it just flowed out it, it was i mean the, there was a vague plan but it it still sky it just it just came about but that that made it quite difficult because there was no great plan to stick to you know it just kind of organically appeared and there was quite a lot of uh, you know monetary pressure on it and time pressure and stuff like that and uh, yeah that, that was steel sky was probably steel sky was the, the hardest revolution game
0: um what was the easiest which is the one that flowed
1: Ooh, that would be broken sword 2 funnily enough because um it 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 came straight off the back of broken sword one and it used you know like 95 percent of the engine and tools so we we had the whole process running we just fixed a few things that were were not quite as good as we wanted them to be in that in the engine made them nicer and then we started again and and we even had quite a good design for us we had a remarkably robust design and you know an actual an actual plan of what we were going to do so yeah and and it it it, it's it's an off-told story, but it, it literally finished on the day it was meant to do, and uh, you know we did a few things. I did I did the I did the, the last day. I did that that spider chair Easter egg, and then I said, okay, well, I think we're done now. You know, and I, and I stood up and said, this game's finished. Everyone stop. You know, whatever you're doing, and, and, and that was it. And it was to the day. You know, never a, a, t- a feat I've never seen repeated. <laughs> and that was when was that two thousand. Uh, yeah, nineteen ninety six, ninety seven, something like that. I haven't seen. I've never seen anything go as smoothly as that one.
0: And just as you got it so silky smooth, Brent saw three was three D. So completely different. We think.
1: Yeah, Brent saw three was fairly. Uh, yeah, it was okay. It wasn't. It wasn't too bad. Ink or Blood was pretty hard because it was too big, and we had some tech issues. We took. A, we we had a very ambitious tech tech plan at the beginning of it to do a voxel a voxel sprite um which did actually work at one point but it wasn't practical so, so we actually had a 3d and it look, it look imagine george because that project also started as brunson 3 and, and it pivoted into being in cold blood for for one reason or another but if you imagine george you know you, he's you know he's effectively pixel art these days so you, you, we we wanted a 3d we wanted a 3D sprite so you could rotate George display him at any angle, but he'd still be a sprite. We didn't want him to look polygonal like you remember like PlayStation low poly characters, and you could see those they had such a different look. They were so obviously polygonal back in the PlayStation one days. You know. Uh you couldn't get away from that. So we, you know, we thought we'd be clever and and, and just, just do a Vauxhall version, and we and we had a, a friend of ours reckoned it could be done. And we spent a lot of a lot of time on that before we had to abandon it and do and do exactly what we said we weren't going to do, which was a, a, a polygonal character.
0: <laughs> well, I just want my next car to be called the Vauxhall Sprite, the Vauxhall Astra. <laughs> <laughs> I own a Vauxhall Astra. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another story. But anyway. <laughs> It would be another story, yeah. It would be yeah. George Stabart in his Voxel Sprite. Oh, there you go. There's the next story for Brighton Sword 6.
1: I wish we still had that demo because it did work. It, it really did work and it was a solid sprite and it and it it rotated and it looked like a sprite, you know. It was quite a thing to behold really. Um, but you know, having having a having a having a voxel on on a black screen rotating round and having two or three of them on the screen in a natural game was um on on a on a on a machine that everyone had was a slightly different thing unfortunately and then you know technology moved on and now you can have as many polygons as you want and you know um you don't really need voxel is a is a a stylistic thing these days rather than a technical thing you know
0: indeed well
1: yeah that was in cold blood that that was hard that was that was that was that was quite a tricky one
0: Well, that brings the conclusion to Game & Gadget Podcast number nine. Thanks again for joining me, Tony. Some fantastic insights, and I'm sure we have many more to come. But you really need to dig into... I don't know if those boxes behind you have any kinds of assets or anything exciting. But I just feel that on your computer or in a file somewhere, Tony, you've got this gem of nostalgia yet to show us.
1: I probably have I mean I'm digging all this stuff out now for the book I'm writing in, 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 in uh, interestingly enough but I mean I also also in those drawers at the bottom there there's there's like a dozen hard drives from the 90s and 2000s I don't know what's on them they, they came out of revolution I, I, I wouldn't know how to even link them up into into a machine because they're like really old interfaces you know they're, some of them would be scuzzy Ooh. yeah i mean presumably someone very clever with hardware could could get them up and running and we could have a look what's on them but i, I would guess most of them would fail on initial spin as, as hard drives so, uh, you know remember hard drives you, they, they'd run for years and years and years and, you, and you'd, you'd turn the machine off to move it or something and switch it back on again and the discs would go yeah and tragic death of a, of a drive Never just let them spin. Never, once you stop them, that's it. So I don't know how many how many of those discs will now boot, but yeah, I've got them. There's, there's boxes full of them.
0: I've got a USB IDE reader. I'm not sure if it has SCSI on it, but now I'm curious.
1: Some will be SCSI. What was the other one at the time? IDE. It was the, uh, IDE, yeah, yeah, IDE. I mean, that's probably easier to get, to get one of those up and running again in an old PC, I would have thought. You probably just need the right board The problem is a modern, you need a quite an old PC as well Because a modern one wouldn't You know, the the, the the slots are different, aren't they, from what they were back
0: I've got literally in, a thing where you can plug it in And it connects to USB And it, and right. it definitely supports IDE Definitely right. supports the new SATA standards SCSI I'm not sure so sure about But I'm definitely going to check now
1: SCSI was different. I mean most of them won't be SCSI but I mean I do remember SCSI, SCSI machines there might have been some build some build things were using SCSI I don't know.
0: Well I've Confused. got Windows 98 machine so we'll have a chat and if we can relive and bring out some of the things of your past as part of the process then obviously that's going to be a big win well, for yourself.
1: I mean assembling i mean re- the thing about revolution was we were, we were terrible at archiving, and uh, so much stuff has been lost i mean you've got the games still exist, but we we always lost the engines and the assets, mostly because it was we had the eight bit mentality that, that that you'd never look at it again, and also you know there would, there would never be like an iPhone in the future that wanted a port of a, of a we just never even imagined that would be the case but also our entire network would be set up for building one particular game. And when we started again, we'd we'd like we'd need to either archive all of the machines and put them in an exact same, you need like a duplicate office, you know, like duplicate everything where the chairs were, where the, what the network was, where the wires were going between machines and just like duplicate everything and then start again in the next office on the next game because you didn't do that. You, you, you wiped the machines and bought new ones and everything got it's like a machine, you know, there was the Inco Blood machine and the broken Sword machine which consisted of all of the machines in the office and once once you took that down there was, there was no getting it back again, you know but there'll be, on some of these discs there'll be some assets, there'll be some sprites some backgrounds, you Ooh. know
0: <laughs> Okay we've got to figure this out, Tony
1: <laughs> Yeah, I mean now you mention it, it I mean, I've looked at those disks so many times and thought the best thing I can do is get a, get a lump hammer and put them all out of the misery, you know, and chuck them on the, on the tip. But I haven't. They're still there. Okay. Well, I'll dig them out. For the next, for the next, our next chat, I'll have, some, I'll have some to show you and uh, to okay. prove it's true.
0: But we're definitely talking about this. <laughs> we're going to try and recover the data for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, everyone, for watching. This is Gaming Gadget Podcast number 9.